This is Adam Leonard, and I welcome you to the Soul Growth Podcast, where you come to nourish your mind, body, and soul. Let's take a deep dive together into the depths of human experience to break free from limitations, unleash hidden potential, and grow into the greatest version of yourself so you can live your best life. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode six. Now again, this is going to be another interview that I'm excited about because being very honest with you, I know a nice surface level of understanding of the chap I'm about to introduce you to. He's uh, the amazing Ben Milston, and we've trained on the same platform with each other. From the brief interaction that we have had, instantly I thought, you know what? This is a guy that is on my level, another Soul Tribe member. But we had a very brief, like 10 minute chat before recording this. And we thought, you know what? Let's just stop getting to know each other on a deeper level and leave this to be as organic as possible. Right. So this is what someone going to do now. So, just going to introduce Ben. Say hello. Hi. Uh, really happy to be here, and it's super exciting for me to also meet you. You know, I, I've seen the face, I know the name, but but that's about as far as we get. So this is cool. This this is the thing. This is this is brilliant, and um, obviously the audience that's been listening to my um podcast understands a little bit about my background. So. This is going to be a little bit of an exchange, I suppose. So from my end, I mean, you gained an understanding that I work within a spiritual form of coaching. But just so you are aware, my background is pretty much from the, as, as early as I can remember, you know, I was always that, that kid that used to sit there imagining things in the playground at school, right? Just sort of, um, I was the ladybird protector, right? <laughs> um, which is a weird thing. Like the in the playground, I used to be in my own world, and I'd see these kids sort of like, I don't know, grabbing bugs off of the bushes and squishing them, and I just thought that was unfair. So I used to patrol it with a stick, like, <laughs> get off them, right? You know. <laughs> but I'd be in my own little world and not really involved in school, you know. Um, and I used to sit there and look at energy and imagine things and that kind of thing. And it wasn't until much later in my life that I realized that there was something more to that. Mm. And, you know, eventually I developed it and I went to a psychic circle um, in my later teens, in early 20s. And then, you know, I was developing my psychic um, avenue. So I was able to develop my clairsentience, clairvoyance, uh, ability to connect to spirit, spirit guides. And then, you know, I was dabbling around with a few different jobs because school didn't go well for me. And then eventually it was my mum pushed me because I was doing little readings on the side. She said to me, look, come on, son, you know, apply to this job. They're saying they're wanting psychic readers and, you know, people that are into spirituality to go on this TV show. And I'm like, what? I can't do that. You know, I just, I've never done TV before. I've never done anything to do with that. And, I'm, and I also imposter syndrome, right? 
came in, I'm not good enough. You know, I've just done, even though I trained for several years doing it, it wasn't my profession. It wasn't my career. But then I got into TV, passed the interview, all this information came through. I was like, right. And then next week I was live on TV. You know, at, at the time for me, I was, was it 23, I think, 22 or 23. And I was like the youngest one on the show. And, it, you know, it was a bit daunting for me. But since then, I've worked for that TV station for many, many years and done psychic demonstration, many things. But I wanted to delve into a little bit more. Right? Yeah, I wanted to kind of uh, add to my skill set. Because sometimes when you're doing anything to do with channeling stuff, people just rely on you for information to guide their life right so i did a i then trained as a hypnotherapist and counselor and then wove that in to my experience later on i ended up um wanting to change my career entirely i trained to be a teacher primary school teacher wanting to help children to grow in a more spiritually aligned way um but the curriculum was just way too much um for me to deal with and too much pressure so i didn't uh, persevere with that did a master's in psychology and then got my uh, international accredited um, coaching qualification as well and just wove that all together. And that's what's eventually formulated into my soul growth coaching practice, which is very much the weaving in of spirituality to help with people going through awakenings, essentially, going through spiritual awakenings that want to work through their own shadow work but want to connect with their guides, want to connect with their inner self and want to help, you know, kind of help them in essence to weave it all together with a self-transformational process that involves rewiring the subconscious mind with my hypnotherapy side, connecting them with their higher frequencies with the spiritual side, but then the coaching, the psychology and the counseling, sort of weaving that process through to help them to, to make those transformations. So right. that's where I am on my current journey. So um, I'm going to pass the baton of storytelling over to yourself so I can get to know a bit about yourself. Um, so it's interesting that you you mentioned that uh, when you're at school, you're kind of in your own world because uh, I actually feel like I, I was the opposite. I tried to be in everyone else's world and I was not in my own world. I didn't know my own world at all. You know, I was tried to be the people pleaser. I tried to be the, you know, I was never really good at anything but all right at kind of everything but i you know i i got bullied a lot i was kind of the wimpy small kid um i and i i tried everything to just kind of fit in you know so i was just constantly uh someone would come you know one of the popular kids would come to school with their hair gelled up and i would try and come you know the next day with it gelled up um and then they'd all laugh at me that i'd put too much gel in and you know so that that was kind of my up uh, bringing um and then around my teen years uh i had a falling out with one of my close friends and we had kind of like a, a friend circle and then i kind of lost all my friends based on that and then there was a couple you know some lies that went around and then it was just some some real nasty stuff happening um from that falling out and and from all the other like friends that were on you know with him or on his side kind of thing um, and that took me down a real slippery slope. Um, I became very depressed. I kind of like recluded in my house and in my room, um, started smoking a lot of pot and doing a lot of, you know, some other harder drugs. Um, I was hanging around with the, the really the wrong crew that would come to me to get them, 
you know, be the the money support for their drug habits and whatever. And that was like my friendship with them was, you know, buying them their drugs. And so it was it continued on to this just um thing where I like I didn't know who I was or what I was meant to be doing. I didn't I, there was no part of me that was really me. It was it was I was living for someone else. Um I I kept feeling like throughout school that I needed to be doing better than I was doing. And my kind of my dad's side of the family were all very bright, uh, book smart, bright and good exams. And even though that pressure wasn't on me from my parents, I definitely put that pressure on myself to be as good as them when I obviously wasn't. Um, and uh, so my, my teen, like my early teens to really till I finished school, um, was a, a big struggle for me and my parents because of it. Um, uh, you know, I was suicidal. I cut myself and that, that was a really dark period. Um, mm. When I left school, I went and studied, um, got a diploma of hospitality management because that's what I needed to do was to, to study a higher education. It wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to do, but I was sucked into society to, to kind of tell me this is what you need to do. You need to get a, a job that you don't like and study something you don't want just to, to make money that, you know, to, to continue that circle. Um, and after I finished that, I went off and, and moved. I was brought up and grew up in Australia, and then I moved to Israel. Um, and I moved right. to Israel because that was really the only other country growing up in a Jewish family that I had a connection to at the time. Um, and I really, I was just looking for a way out. I was looking, you know, maybe to connect with my religion more or, uh, you know, the, a, a different country, different people. I was looking for some kind of connection, some kind of, you know, place of being. Um and so I went, I went over there and I decided to join the army to give me some, some boundaries and some, you know, structure of my life. Also a place to kind of take me away for, you know, weeks at a time where I would build myself up physically. And, and that helped me on a, some levels, but it, it also created a lot more, uh, you know, boundary uh, barriers of just, I wasn't fixing the problem. I was trying to go out and do something else to fix who I was or who I wasn't. Um, and uh, I got a, after two years in the army, I got a, a back injury and I just broken up with uh, my, my only serious girlfriend that I had ever had. And I kind of started going down this, this spiral again. Uh, and that was the point where I really was like, this is not happening again. I can't go through this again. Something needs to change and that something needs to be me. Um, so I, I read the book, um, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of was the beginning of a epic, you know, travel physically, metaphysically, uh, inside and out. Um, you know, I kind of, I remember lying on, on the bed reading this and for the first time becoming aware that. I actually think, and I'm the person that has those thoughts and those thoughts actually, you know, don't need to be like listened to or, or don't need to be like followed through that. The, and so that was the first time there was like the first kind of extra level of consciousness that was created, you know, manifested with that. Um, 
And that kind of took me on a on a path of, all right, well, if life isn't about everything that I thought it was, and it wasn't, it isn't, you know, made up of all the beliefs that I would, you know, I, I believe it to be and all the boundaries of laws and what my teachers told me, my parents told me, what everyone says is the reality of life, then I wanted to go and investigate. So what is life? What really is life? What is like beyond the, you know, the, the, the basic kind of structure that we're made to believe it is? Um, I went and lived in nature with a few, uh, you know, in like a small community where we would, you know, we were dumpster diving our food and we'll, you know, everything was shared and it was, um, it was just kind of these makeshift like places with a tent and a whatever by the river. Um, and that, you know, that was my first kind of place of, wow, like people can just accept me for who I am for just being a person and that was also the first time that I began to experience um the kind of magic that life has if you believe that in magic um mm. you know we would we would manifest oh you know on the, the crazy like meals that would come like we weren't spending money but we were living like kings and queens over there and and things would just kind of come to us people would come and bring us things and as soon as the water was finished someone came and was just like oh, i just brought some water does anyone need and, you know those types of things um and that created a, a real kind of magical touch to to life which i never experienced um and from there two friends and i went hitchhiking across uh europe um and we, you know, we were sleeping in the streets and in parks. And it was not because we didn't have money, but we wanted to put ourselves in that, you know, uncomfortable environment of like, okay, what can I do and be okay with? What can I do and actually enjoy? Like, do I need all the pleasures of what they tell me I need? You know, how, how important is shelter if it's raining? Can I still be happy? How important is, I don't know, a, a car when I can hitchhike. And, and so that also really began to break down barriers uh, within myself and just just the barriers of society that that kind of say, you know, you have to live X, Y, and Z, and that's that. Mm -hmm. um, from there, I went horse um, riding and like a horse caravan through Mongolia with 20 other people of of you know conscious minded people we you know would be delving into to different um meditations and uh different breathing techniques and and that kind of was just a time to reconnect with with nature and you know a horse and each other and really delve deeper into our own kind of psyche and our own ideas of what is reality what isn't reality what do we have the potential for uh what limits can we can we push and break um and so throughout throughout you know this time i'm also i'm, I'm reading more and I'm, I'm learning more and it's just and everything's becoming i think you know a really like a fantasy life like it i, I was starting to lose touch even with some of the physical world because i was just in this kind of uh land of of just anything is possible and magic and you know 
real feeling like these energies and these these you know between people and and experiencing things outside of our physical realm mm-hmm. um and then you know later on i i went um caravanning in in south america with my now wife um and you know we would be going through a different meeting different um tribes there and we did some ayahuasca um ceremonies with some of the tribes in cacao and and really you know touched deeply into the the like existence beyond our five senses and uh, to to you know really just become aware of there is so much more to life than than our five senses you know mm-hmm. like we're so limited to just you know hearing sight nose smell and touch and whatever else taste and (laughs) there's such a world out there that we have access to we just don't necessarily think we do because we can't perceive it on the normal way that we perceive everything else um and so that that was a really cool experience and since then I've, i've you know i came back to israel and you know we're we're pregnant with our first child um which is super exciting and said like okay so you know what do i actually want to do like how do i want to use all this information it's been like a 10-year journey of meditation retreats and books and podcasts and all of this like how do i actually want to use this now and also you know i wanted to come back down to earth a bit and, and kind of find that balance between really touching on the the spiritual side of things but also being in touch with the the society that I do live in and the people around me and you know the world that I live in because I think it's also important to to have you know my head up in the air but my feet down on the ground um Mm -hmm. and uh, while I was looking through some NLP courses online I came across coaching and it just kind of it was like this light bulb moment of wow like totally like what a what an way to be so impactful and to help people you know go through the challenges that they're going through and to come out you know better people and to really get to experience the way that i now experience life and and you know so far away from the kind of depression and limitations that i i once had and so that's that's kind of where i'm at now and i'm i'm starting off on the coaching but i also feel like i've been self-coaching for a while so I'm you know um and I'm really yeah I'm happy to be here I'm happy to be here with you um and in this moment and super grateful for all of that so that's me nutshell (laughs) big nutshell your journey man I absolutely love it I mean it's um it's there were a couple of themes that really kind of um stood out initially which I would say that a lot of people that, whether you want to label it older soul or um, more spiritually switched on, there are those that I find that, you know, going back to the analogy of the matrix, right? The Those that can kind of see through the matrix, like they're born with a frequency. They've got like spiritual DNA or DNA that's slightly more unlocked than others that can just see through it and go, wait a minute, this is bullshit. Like this, 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 what's going on isn't what I feel I need to be doing. And as a lot of people, I mean, I, it's one thing that we have as a kind of uh, similarity is 
bullying. I had heavy bullying within school through being the, yours was sort of people pleasing, but then having my, I'm assuming the more of a, uh, empathic kind of nature to your sense of being. I was just unusual that didn't want to join in and then was kind of bullied for being entirely different and unusual. And, you know, when I went into school, secondary school for me, um, so, uh, so from about the age of 11 up to 16, this was where, um, my nan was was dying of cancer at the time and that was a massively transformational thing for me it was like the first time that i had my at the time my dad was my hero right you know he's just you know did everything right so the first time i remember sitting next to him and i was sad he was sad we were waiting to go into the room to see me nan who's who died the night before and say our goodbyes and it's the first time i remember hearing my dad say you know, I said, I've got this apple in my throat, Dad. I, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know. I'm scared. You know, and it's the first time I ever heard him say, you know, same here, son. I feel the same way. And I felt that croak in his voice. And it was weird how that from that point onwards, it was like it opened my empathy massively to it's not just me in my own world and connecting to energy. And I started to sh massively shift. Like I need to. My dad's a human too. He's got his own feelings. He's not just this rock that's there for me to provide everything I need, that. right? Mm -hmm. It was like, and in secondary school, I completely became not the person that I was. And I, uh, he said, if you want to cure cancer, because I wanted to cure cancer, I mean, Nan died of cancer. And I said, you've got to do well in school. You've got to become a doctor or whatever. And so I went from like bottom of the class to like top of the class and was like really like going for it. Um, but I lost myself in what I didn't realize then was pain, right? I lost myself in pain, lost myself in control, trying to, you know, prevent something that's, you know, I mean, there are ways to prevent all of that, you know, and this kind of, you know, spurred me onto that journey. I lost myself, whoever I was, and I was still empathic. I just wanted to get through school, but then I got heavily bullied and Friends that say they're friends, but then they're not friends. You know, you, you, you'll probably know that know those yourself. I imagine. Yeah, for sure. And it's you know that journey of being bullied by being different and also empathic and sensitive. I I believe that there are a lot of people that are on the spiritual path, or uh, let's just say maybe their third eye and their heart chakra is a little bit more open than most. Perhaps I believe that there's many of them that will relate to that experience of trying to go through school that's all like a to me it's you know i've been inside the system tried to try to rework the system and it to me it's it's a flawed system that teaches yeah. you how to fit into a society that's you know that's dulled down not and, for every single person yeah yeah exactly and it's it's part of the whole structure that keeps us there um you know, down to the water we drink, the food we eat, the things that we've been conditioned with, it's all literally just keeping us hemmed in. And it's there's a big awakening out there of trying to break free from that. And it's it's sweeping through humanity. And it it seems, you know, you've lived that journey, which is beautiful to to see. I've I've actually not had the opportunities to well, let's just say I, I quite like that. I've caught myself on something there little mini coaching session to myself here. <laughs> and that's the, the moment that 
I feel like there's a terminology where we go, well, I haven't had the chance or opportunity. I kind of need to go right away a minute. That's starting to go into that little bit of a uh, poor me or a victim energy, just even fractionally, even just saying I haven't had the chance to, because we have the chance, the choice to do absolutely anything we choose. And, you know, so I think part of your journey there of going off and, you know, living the way that you did to abandon a lot of society is is beautiful. And I've done lots of camping trips. I've been out and lived with people on tribes for like, you know, 10 days out in Borneo and um and done many things that have gone along those lines, but not for such a prolonged time. So I I, I think that's an amazing journey that you went on there. And you know, really lovely to hear that. Mm, thank you. And I also I also just want to touch on, you know, the the idea of, of being bullied for being different or being weird, being, you know, n- not like everyone else. Um, and I just want to say for like anyone listening, if you're one of them, that's a blessing. It really yeah. is a blessing to be different, to be unique, to be not one of everyone else. Um, so I know you know who you are. If you're listening, it's really a blessing. Definitely. Yeah. Crisis. Yeah. 100% behind that. And, and this is the thing that society's in many ways behind trying to condition us to grow in a certain way. I mean, there's there's one fundamental thing that any teachers potentially listen to this, you'll know where I'm coming from, but the um, all those avid psychology listeners that the Skinner psychology that is where most of the behaviorism in school is based upon, it, that basically presupposes that we're born like blank slates, right? Programming programmable creatures that don't know anything other than what we're taught from our environment. Now, I don't believe that whatsoever. I believe that we're all born with a deep well of knowledge that's locked inside our soul. And that mm-hmm. actually, rather than us being blank slates, we're full. We just need to learn how to access our inner wisdom. And it's actually going inside, unlocking our inner wisdom. That's what education should be about. Now, granted, there are certain things from the external environment that do that do mold us. Yes, they do have an effect on us, but we're definitely not blank slates. And I've known children, even when in, when I was teaching, that that when they'd have so much intrinsic knowledge in them that I could tell just wasn't coming from the parents. You know, it wasn't coming from the. Look at a child, pro- a prodigy. You know, a kid that plays the piano at age five. Yep. It only takes one of them to know that the rest of us have that potential or have that inner knowledge. They're just, you know, connected. Uh, you only need one kind of example to, to, to break the, the idea that we are blank slates and that's how we are and that's how everyone is and that's that. And the fact that that kind of thing exists, the fact that you have people born with a memory that can remember everything, that can, you know, see other colours that we might not be able to see, whatever else it is that breaks the rule that we're all you know empty slates yeah exactly 100 percent, 100 percent. and it's that sense of courage as well and it's i have a you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier um because i know there was a uh technical hitch that allowed you to be able to um listen to my podcast sessions but one of the things that I talk about earlier on 
in the um, podcast journey was the the mind body spirit layer um, of human experience and how that within the mental layer we have our thoughts and our feelings within the body layer we have our physical form and our energetic form which often is the chakra systems and the chi that flows around us etc and then in the spirit layer we have our soul and it is distinctly different to the then the spirit layer of so you have the soul and the spirit layer and then the spirit layer is our connection to oneness of the collective consciousness and all different identities that connect to us, whether that's spirit, whether that's extraterrestrials, whatever it is. And that all of these are aspects of our awareness. They're all parts of who we are. And most people that have been conditioned in today's society, they believe that they are either their profession, their thoughts, or their feelings. And that's about as far as they get, right? They don't get further than that. You know, and part of my journey within this is simply to me, the more self-aware we are, being able to sit down and deeply feel our bones, right? Every bit of those bones and then feel the energy that buzzes around your fingertips and around you and, you know, and get to know that inner voice that's, that's surging from the inside. Because to me, the body is a, the body and the mind, they exist in egoic states or self-preservation states, right? You know, the, the body just wants to survive. It wants to keep itself going. The mind wants to be right, exists in ego most of the time. And the emotion just wants to keep itself perpetuating what it's always felt, right? It's in comfort zone. But the soul, that's the thing that makes these, you know, these great explorers trek through like the wilderness and go through harm and difficulty because they've got a beating soul that wants to be who they are. They want to explore. They want to give to the world they want to it's yeah. the soul that creates i believe what the most beautiful powerful wonderful people in the world and it's also that kind of idea where you know when you meet one of these people and you're like oh why did you want to do this and they don't have an answer it was just i i just i, I just had to do it i just had to go and you know and I, I really felt that for my my journey it was kind of like there was a lot of times it was like so i want to say like why but why are you doing this it was like because i just have to be doing this there's like that's what i need to do right now i can't tell you why and when there's no reason behind it when there's no feeling you know there's something else behind that that push that's the soul that's that's you know that inner innerness speaking like just 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 drive that's it that's it that's perfect because it's one of the things that i find is that in today's society my guide often he says this to me that in today's society the floor of humanity today he's he's often said to me is that the mind is nurtured to to outgrow the heart and so it is so full that the wisdom of the heart cannot be heard and it's he said it in many different ways but essentially it's that principle that overstimulated over analytical the mind is and he's always told me the mind is supposed to be a tool to serve the soul, um, not the other way around. It's not the thing that you're, you're not supposed to think yourself to happiness. And also that the soul itself is much simpler. Right? We, we think that the soul has to be something that is like a lot of people have thought the soul must be something so deep. And, and it's a very pure you know, sometimes it's not even emotion. Again, I separate it from emotion, which you did quite nicely there. 
an emotion is something that's a uh, that's a feeling that's flowing around your body's energy in motion that reacts to an interpretation of the mind that flows it around the body and we feel that as an emotion yeah. but the the soul urge can simply just be a magnetic pull to want to go in that direction and that's all and it feels like it comes from the chest like a pull of i just need to be here or i need to go there we don't know why but it's it's a magnetic pull it's, it's so simple um and it just knows and it's pulled and the mind likes to overcomplicate everything. Like, why? What am I doing? Where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? And you get that out of the way, and you can just follow that beautiful pull from within. Totally. And I think what's what's a shame a lot of the times is that people have that pull. They don't know what it is necessarily, but they'll talk themselves out of it. They'll tell themselves, you know, if if, say, there's a feeling in them to, I don't know, quit their job because they're not happy there. And they'll convince themselves why they need the money and they need the this and they need the you know the stability and the comfort of where they won't find another job or whatever else it is and it's their mind that is telling them to not listen to their soul when they know that there's some kind of desire within to do something else um listen to that soul listen to that that kind of like that that buzziness because that's telling you something that no thought can tell you, that no, you know, feeling can tell you. There's just kind of a, a buzziness drive that that's take wants to take you somewhere. Um, see where it takes you. That's right. You know, open to that, I think, you know, can can be can show you really beautiful things about life, about yourself. Yeah, I completely agree, and it's the needs the, the the kind of the lie that's been perpetuated i suppose in modern day society more so than than uh, i suppose west the, the the eastern side of philosophies although that's catching up but generally speaking the perpetuated belief that we have needs even down to the due to, sorry down to the we need to eat three meals a day i mean that's that's a lie in itself you know we don't you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day when in fact it's not, you know, and there's a reason why fasting has been something that's existed through generations in religious practices and spiritual practices, etc. And, you know, in part, that's because in much of the food, there are a lot of toxins and things that limit us, um, shut down our pineal gland and many other things and keep us stuck in a lethargic down energy that isn't switched on and isn't aware. And also the moment that we stop eating, we start to eventually, this is why there are people out there called breatharians that can simply gain all of their energy from chi itself, right? They don't need to eat, right? Now, obviously, I'm not saying if you're listening to this right now, go and start doing that. You need to build up to that, right? You know, um, but simply cutting down on how much you eat, even if you can do, I mean, intermittent fasting, even that start you on your journey right uh, the moment that you can take control of the urges of the body and this is where i kind of throw in a little bit of credence towards some of the you know even christian beliefs within gluttony and i believe that in today's society we exist in gluttony we just don't realize that we are totally. you just need to look at christmas to realize that yeah yeah so like, we don't need all of that like and the moment that I feel that 
when people go on this journey, it's, it's one of the things that quite often those that work with me, it's a cleansing of the mind, body, and spirit, cleansing and upgrading of it, right? You've got to cleanse your mind of all the thoughts that are in your own way and all yeah. the foods and practices and routines that are in your own way and cleaning, properly cleansing your water, properly detoxing your body of all the additives and all the crap that's in so much food out there today. Um, and freeing yourself of that belief that you're hungry, right? You, you, you're not hungry. Your body just usually eats around this time. So it's basically secreting stomach acids to prime your stomach. That feels like hunger. It's just habit. That's all it is. You know, um, and you know, I'm talking about this because I, I, I kind of acknowledge that you've, you've been here, you've done that, you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of things uh, in our life that when we acknowledge the, the habit, whether it's a good habit, a bad habit, whatever, if we don't do that, there is that kind of like inner feeling of like, a, where's my fix? You know, it's the same if someone usually does yoga and then doesn't. It's the same if someone has their coffee or doesn't, has someone's a smoker or doesn't. So whatever it is, and it's the same as if you're you're eating or you're not. You know, it's it's that idea of of changing it up, but knowing that you can change, you know, these these things up and it will be difficult in the beginning. But that's only because your body's not used to it, your mind's not used to it, and it's expecting something else. You know, there's a, often people tell me that like, oh, they can't wake up early. They're a, you know not a morning person, um, and this idea is like, well, when do you wake up? And they're like, yeah, ten, ten thirty. I was like, okay, hey, like, have you tried? Yeah, I've tried waking up earlier, but like all my life I've done that. So like, I just that's when I need to wake up. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Your body's used to waking up at 10, 10.30 or later. You you tried waking up at 6. All of a sudden, it's got the shock of, you know, four hours difference in, in sleep. It's not ready for that. And then you're saying, I can't do it. I'm not a morning person. It's it's not for me. And that, you know, that kind of idea of uh, one one thing that I really love to 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 say is, you know, if someone says, like, I'm not a morning person. And be like, all right, if you if you say so, because if if that's what you tell yourself, if that's the story that you tell yourself, then then sure, that's you know how it is. And if you think you need your three meals a day, all right, and if you don't, then you don't. Like your body doesn't need that. Your 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 what's happening around you, your energy that you know how it's how it's processed, it doesn't need that. And you know we can continue to live in the belief systems of the society that have told us this and you know in the the flawed education systems in the way that our our western doctors have you know seeming to have this this understanding of how the body works but when you look at the type of nutrition they have in hospitals you know that can't be a thing of you you know the, the fact that a doctor doesn't even know what nutrition is or how to you know th these ideas where it's like why are you giving me a pill when for depression when you know that I get three hours sleep a night? Or what, you know, why, what? So it's, let's look at the bigger picture. Let's look at like what, what we're actually doing to look at our bodies. Let's scrap these, these beliefs of these people know better and ask ourselves like, all right, if I was to know what's best for me, let's go out there and find out what's best for me. 
Let's, you know, try things, try new things. That's like the best way to, to see what works. And until you you give it a go and, and, and you know, open your mind to something different, something else that isn't just the, the things we've been spoon-fed us, then we'll, we'll continue telling ourselves the same stories and the same lies and living in the same matrix. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's beautifully, beautifully said. And whilst you were talking there, a saying that I, I went to one um, seminar once, uh, as lovely, first time I'd heard it, although it's a very popular saying, but it was like, whatever you believe, um, right or wrong, you are correct, right? Um, so whatever you believe, you know, if you believe you're a night owl, then you, whether that's right yeah. or wrong, you are correct and you'll make that be the truth. And, yeah. you know, it's, you know, I could easily say that I'm a night owl if I wanted to, because for many years I used to escape into computer games, believing that I was, a, that was a better world and you can achieve more. And so I used to stay up late into early hours of the morning and, you know, whatever it would be. Um, now I'm getting up early in the morning and I'm running down the beach and swimming in the sea every morning, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, but of course at the time it doesn't feel right, you know, and I think this is, there's, there's this specific little, um, almost key to, um, that weaves things all together here. Cause you mentioned like figuring out, what works for you, right? You've got to, you've got to feel through it. And I think what a lot of people who aren't very self-aware of the many different faculties of themselves, so therefore that soul pull and the intuition and many things, they gauge what feels right to them based upon their conditioned comfort zones. That's how they gauge what's right for them. So if they try to do, for example, fasting, they'll go, wait a minute, my body feels off. Obviously, fasting's no good for me, Right. So that's not right. I'll go back to. And that's where the level of self-awareness that a lot of people are at is, well, my comfort zones are off, so it's not good for me. Right? Yeah. Um, and when we can become aware of an intuitive pull, a soul pull, or a deeper level of awareness, and to become aware of, wait a minute, this is just my body. I mean, in most cases, not. And in, when, when often people don't realize this either, that the body's made up of like millions of parasites. You know, parasites will simply just wee into your blood to make you need to eat um, and make make your receptors in your brain go, right, I need some sugar, right? So that's not even you. These are the parasites that are living inside you that are sending these impulses around your body. Right? And when people kind of realize that they're reacting to a body that's just on autopilot and that they're essentially enslaved to it. And many of us are enslaved to two things, I think, in the modern world. Bodies need for gluttony, for constant stimulation of food all the time. And two, the mind's need for constant dopamine fixes and constant stimulation. Right, And that's an addiction, especially in the younger generation. And I'm partly coming here from my nephew, who's very beautiful, spiritual, um, reminds me of me when I was his age. It's very odd. Um, I mean, through almost everything the same way. But he, he's his generation now. He's sixteen. 
he's so overly stimulated by all these computer games and all the Snapchat and the TikToks and everything. And it's just constant stimulation that he started to become very addicted to games and addicted to scrolling and all this. And, you know, he's, he's now meditating and barefoot <laughs> in the woods, in trees and, you know, and, you know, and this is, you know, 16 year old, you know, that's, 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 and I keep trying to explain to him, you know, that for, for your age in this world right now, that's quite a feat. And it's, and it's a testament to him to really persevere with that. But there's that self-awareness moment of people can realize that, you know, that they can step aside from the body's enthralling control over us and the mind's control over us. And when people can't perceive themselves anything more than that, that's that's that moment where people go, boom, wow, okay, there is so much more to me than just stimulating myself. And what what do you mean? It, I get home from work, and the right thing isn't to switch on Netflix and just watch binge watch series all the time and eat pizza. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. You've up. What's that? Sorry. I think the internet's just that tad yeah, slow, isn't it? You froze up for now, but you're back. Yep, back now, back now. Um, I think this happened before in one of my other episodes as well. But um, no, it's all good. I um, hope you heard all of that. But yeah, basically, this sort of spiritual awakening process, I think, quite often comes from that moment where the, you know, People can go, wow, you know, I realize that the life I've been living just doesn't serve me. But the interesting thing is people need to get to the that me point. part. Like, what is me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's a lot of the coaching journey, I find. I know from your angle, getting people to understand who they really are, so therefore what do they really want, is sometimes part of the journey. Totally. And there's a, there's a quote that I really love that says um that what you uh what you do doesn't define who you are but who you are defines what you do and a lot of people you know in school were kind of asked like who do you want to be this question of like what do you want to be when you grow up and uh, it takes it away from the question of who are you and what is the best thing that you can do to express yourself, you know, express who you are? This idea of like, you can choose anything or anyone you want to be. And it's like, why, why am I able to choose anyone or anything? Why, like, how can you teach me to, to just be aware of who I am? I, why do I have, why, why do I have to choose someone else to be? <laughs> you know? um, and I think... Yeah that that kind of that kind of thing of just like you can be anyone it was like can you just teach me how to be me that doesn't happen um and i i think there's a lot of people that that never get to that question of wait a minute am i really like is this what life is like when you're saying you know get home from work and pop on the telly and and like is is all of this is this whole manifestation of this immense universe with like, you know, the, the 
now like science is coming to talks like the, the you know the different dimensions and the, the parallel universes and like this massive thing that's going on around us like is this the epitome of of your life going home at, at six you know saying hi to the 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 wife and kids and then popping on the tv and then doing that on repeat it, like, it seems like there must be more for you know, for everyone, and regardless of what their situation is or what's going on, like just having that that kind of time to ask those questions, which no one often asks us, uh, can be really powerful because you know no one asks those questions, unfortunately. But it's. It's time that we do start asking, like, well, what are we here for? Like, who are we and why why are we here? And how how does this all interrelate with everyone else? You know, there's a, a nice analogy that I like of of kind of the octopus and all the tentacles don't realize that they're part of the same body. You know, so like the the different tentacles interrelate with one another and they go about their their day um, thinking that each tentacle is a different entity not realizing that we're all part of the same body. We're all part of the same consciousness. We're all, you know, this, this united energy doing our universal dance together. And that like, and if, and, and that means that if there's more for me in this universe, then by definition, there has to be more for everyone else. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think there's a run fundamental rule of abundance that there will always be enough for everyone. And there is a an intrinsic lie that there is scarcity out there, and that that's that's something that simply doesn't exist. And when we get deep down into the metaphysical aspect of things, and I suppose it's a little bit of Joe Dispenza work, but also the um, the um, double slit experiment that was you know literally proved the uh, fact that intentionality affects matter at the rock you know yeah. the core of everything and that at the root of everything we in ourselves are creating our own universe we are the we are the mass projector our soul is the projector of the life that we have and everything in our life is there because we want it to be there or we believe that it should be there so if we're in a work situation where we you know that's there because we believe that it needs to be there, right? Um, we need security, yeah. we need certainty, you know, that kind of thing. And when life isn't going our way, right? This is another analogy, right? It's the, when people aren't treating us right, well, you know, we can sit there and blame a narcissist, for example, which is another common thing. But if we're not being treated right, do we need to look at how we're treating ourselves? because life is a mirror of what's going on internally inside us. And that's where the shadow work begins because from a lot of the manifestation work that I've been doing and um, been interacting with learning about, what we think sets the form of where life, what life will manifest as. What we feel will, will be the magnet it's pulled in with. So. If we're thinking about, you know, the that career, right, that job, 
But in our heart, yeah. we have desperation. We have, I must have, I, I, I'm desperate for money and it's that kind of thing. You will end up, that emotion and that idea have to be bound together. So yeah. you might want it, but the emotion is saying, I'm desperate. I don't have, I lack. So therefore the connection is always lacking and never getting as the connection. That's the paradigm. And so helping, I think generally speaking, having head heart coherence. Yeah, perfect joint dispenser um, um like talk right there. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I'm just gonna be a little bit silent here because i'm waiting for the net to catch up but yeah i think we're good i think we're good yeah the um joe dispenser yeah. i think is doing some uh, you know amazing work and putting a lot of that into practice and it's amazing how many people find that head heart coherence thing actually a a, a real struggle really mm. um and being able to i mean in my opinion One of the biggest things that I would say is like a massive like light bulb moment is when people realize how deeply entrenched they've been stuck in the mindset of, I will feel happy when, okay? Mm. Fill the blank. I'll feel happy when I have the career, when I have the perfect partner, when I have this, when I have that. You, know, you fill the blank. When in fact, you feel happy now. And you can switch it on. It's a switch. It's not reliant on anything external. But yeah. that is the big grand illusion. We can have massive control over our feelings. We can choose at any time just to feel it. Yeah. And people just have been so detached from that level. I suppose you can call it a power, a self-mastery power. Totally. This is one of the beautiful things that I experienced living in the... I was living for six months in the Dead Sea um, in Islam, so the lowest place on earth. And uh, we were down by the desert, right by the, like, the, the Dead Sea there. And there was about 50 of us living there in our kind of tents and makeshift um, houses, you know, cooking all our meals on the fire and whatever else. And that was the first time where we really realized that when a, a group of people, when when individuals for sure. But when a group of people have the same kind of beliefs and, and put out that same frequency, then that, you know, that manifests. And we see that like in the cities and you can call it democracy or you can just call it, you know, like the, the, the left and the white, right and, and whatever else. But that's just like a, a mix of different energies clashing on different beliefs and whatever. And you get this kind of mixed confused world being manifested from it um uh, and where we were there wasn't you know lowest place on earth so there wasn't any other like energies that were mixing with us down there and when when you know we were really just believing in in this manifestation and in magic and in the beauty of just everything and the timing you know of of everything that happens you know as it does and how it unfolds and it was it was palpable like it was really just this expression of these 50 people and and how like our manifestation i remember one morning you know i woke up and i was like it'd be really cool to have pancakes and someone like walks into into a place and he's like 
I got eggs. Like, does anyone, you know, and someone's else like, oh, I've got some milk and, and someone's walks around, you know, so, got flour. You know, I'm not, we hadn't been a part of it. We hadn't like said anything. And within like 20 minutes, we're like cooking up some pancakes. And it's just like, this is nuts, you know. <laughs> um, so it was, it's it's definitely when those those like minds come together, when those thoughts, you know, put out things things come back and things you know get drawn in and if that's like you were saying if that's a thing of i you know i don't want these money problems you're just you're bringing those money problems you're you know or it's i'll be happy when whatever you're you're, you're talking about a time that doesn't exist and so it's 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 putting out those feelings and those those experiences of, of what you want and where you're at now, who you are now. Because there's there's no point of you know, I I for the first 29 or 30 years of my life um told myself that I had dyslexia and that I couldn't read. And so that that was the case. And you know, once once reading um limitless. Um, by Jim Quick, it was just like, okay, so what if I weren't to have dyslexia, you know? And then I started teaching myself to speed read, and uh, so that you know, that's just a, another it's another limiting belief of like you, you want to draw it in, that's fine, but know that you're doing it. <laughs> that's the least that you know it, it, that can be. If if anyone if you get anything from this this talk today. It's like know that you're you're causing this on yourself, or know that the, the feelings that you're putting that you're not wanting, you know, the money problems, the 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 whatever else it is. If there's anything that you take from today's session, I think it's just that it's like it's being drawn on yourself, but also that therefore it can change because you're the one that can change yourself. That's the beauty of it all. It's not like ah, oh, I'm depressed and I'm causing that depression on myself. This is really crap. But it's okay if I'm feeling depressed and I'm putting that on myself, then it means that I don't have to anymore. And it means that there is a way out regardless of any external situation. And that's really where the there holds so much power, I think. And just the, the knowledge that if it is you causing the bad, it can totally be you. And it is you that causes the good and the, the the you know the positive and the happiness and the love and all of that as well so oh definitely exactly and it's has always been to me the the very short and sweet saying that always seems to stand the test of time but whatever you focus on grows mm. and it just seems like that that sounds like so simple but it really is you know if you're like you mentioned that you're focusing on a i i need money but it, it, when we look at that, I need money is, in principle, I lack money. right? Yeah. So you are focusing your mind and your emotion on that so you will get that. And when, you know, when people can truly, deeply grasp that concept and, and realize, like you mentioned, that they can take control of that, um, take control of the inner world. And it was one of these things that I used to, I had a, in my teens, I was meditating and I had a, a best friend of mine that 
he was fascinated with getting information from higher entities. And we used to talk with his entity that simply said that sort your inner world out and the outside world will take care of itself. And he just kept saying it over and over and over and, you know, many different ways. And it's so damn true. It really yeah. is. Um, and it's wonderful now. And this is the beauty of this specific period of time in this dimension, this reality, where that we're born into a transitional moment, right? There are, there are so many people waking up to this, whether yeah. we're, many of us are, you know, heading into fourth and fifth dimensions. And it's, and I suppose just for those listening, really the third dimension is what you'd consider the standard, you know, living there with your five senses, aware of your 3D world, going throughout your, the, when you're going higher than that, it's when you're aware of the more spiritual aspect of yourself, you're aware of your soul, your spirit, the eternal aspect of yourself, the fact that there are different entities exist, and, you know, and the further you go up, your, your comprehensions will just expand and we become more and more closer to this oneness back to the, the, the kind of octopus analogy that you, that you talked about earlier, which I think I, I love that. And, and I think that's, that's totally that. And it was one thing that, that was really strong and I'm not saying by any means that you need to experience ayahuasca in order to experience these types of effects. Um, it's you know a, a tool that can be used to to understand different aspects of of life, um, but in my my ayahuasca um, ceremony that I had with a tribe from the Amazon um, in Peru, uh, it was you know it was these kind of I did like it was these fractals right um, that were in my vision, and what was really cool is it kind of it took me to my intellectual understanding of the the external um but played with also that within my 3d kind of like you know i could see the fractals of the universe mm -hmm. and so it was like i could taste the vibration of you know what was happening around and so it was kind of it was this really cool kind of blend between the senses and between like the different parts of reality and so that was that was just something cool when you you spoke about like those different levels of consciousness um that kind of tricked on that that like there was a point where some of mine kind of like overlapped one another which was a cool experience yeah that sounds brilliant it's one of those things i have not actually done that i'm I did expect for a very long time, I was very uh, straight and narrow. So I did no drugs. I did no anything. But then in uni, which I did quite late, actually, I did uni more in my 30s. I just suddenly decided, you know what, I'm I'm just loosening up that and I'm going to go and experience all these different types of things. And But because of the amount of spiritual psychic work that I've done, I would just have like a tiny little bit of weed. And I'd be like, whoa, I'd be, I'd be, I, I remember having one scenario where I, I think I had a little bit of, I think it was hash, I'm not sure, but something like that. And I was literally out of it on the floor, having spirit jump into me one after another, after another. And I would, my voice would change. I'd be an Australian guy talking, saying I died in so-and-so time. And then I'd go off and then I would, my voice would change to a woman. And then I'd be explaining how I died, what happened, what the message was the world. Oh. And it would happen over and over. And I'd be like, whoa. And so 
it's one of the things that my my guide, who's a he's an ascended Shaolin monk, is a good way to put him. He he appeared to me in the beginning of my journey, and he sometimes likes to dip in and take over and communicate. But I, he's so at one with me that I almost feel like I am him at the same time. In fact, I know that I am him. He's basically part of me that exists in a slightly different uh, yeah. dimension. Um, but that he's often uh, urged me to act within wisdom and caution when it comes to using um, an awful lot of um, additives um, purely because what it can do is that it opens up your mind and unless you do the training, your mind can be open to, um, it's like it bleaches. It, there are lots of other entities that can come in. There are lots of other stuff that can go on that can really unravel you. And, and so it needs to be, ideally you need like the, the arch shaman or the lead practitioner that is able to help you to understand, especially when you're going through it all of the um all the ways to kind of not necessarily keep yourself but then to to be able to prevent a lot of the potential lack of boundary because what essentially we're opening our boundaries to everything to something that you're unaware of yes and this is again this is one of these things that i've talked to my nephew about because um Having an awareness that there are entities out there, you know, uh, you call them demons, call them extraterrestrials. Call them, there are entities that exist in different dimensions, different forms that can interact with us. And currently, because of the 3D realm or this uh, dense matter that we're in, they don't necessarily have huge influence over us. But the moment that we open ourselves up, and let's just say open our auric um shield and open the doorway they can they can come in and they can get up to mischief they can actually cause an awful lot of negative um feelings compulsions etc they can really and but the important thing because i i remember explaining this to my nephew because he was it's it's a common thing and I remember this when I was growing up, I used to always feel that there was some kind of dark figure at the bottom of my bed watching me at a certain stage. Mm. Um, and I've had situations where spirit have jumped on me, strangled me, done, you know, unusual stuff. I could literally feel its hatred of me in its very core. Um, and these things do exist. But the interesting thing here is that I was explaining quite recently to my nephew is that the analogy of what you focus on grows still applies so it's be aware of them do not add power to them if you believe they have power over you then you invite it into your experience so it's i feel like that i personally believe that the um like the experience that you went through can be massively illuminating for so many people and it's definitely something that um, it's on my list of to-dos, in fact. Um, and I believe with the right, and it's wonderful that there are still these beautiful tribes out there that have people that know how to lead these ceremonies with the right protections, the right rituals and things in place. And I suppose because there's a part of me that is feeling a little bit of responsibility for those here that are watching this, that 
I'm not in any way at this point condoning the use of mainstream drugs, right? Um, especially with a lot of stuff that you get in today's society, a bit of weed and pot, you know, who knows what chemical processes are going on in that. And because it's opening you up, you need experienced people that know the, the metaphysical world, the different dimensions that, that know how to protect, control, and to hone your focus, your intention, your use of energy. If you're thinking of going down that path and like you did, you went to a, an actual proper tribe that knew what they were doing. So just sort of, not that it's a disclaimer, but I just feel like I want to put that little bit of responsibility out. Totally. And I, and I think that's really important because there's, there's often, you know, what society has done is not only has it tainted, um, you know, these substances in ways that are really bad for us, but also the, the ideas behind a lot of them, um, you know, the idea of, of taking some of this stuff and going off to a party is completely different than how, you know, say they were doing for thousands of years with either the same magic mushrooms where they would be in a safe space in nature in a circle with with healers and with you know people that understood what they're doing where they're they're praying to mother nature and they're praying to you know the trees and to the the wind and the water and you know so i i definitely think that that if this is something that is interesting for someone be aware of of where you're doing it and why you're doing it. I think that why is also very important, um, you know, because there's a difference between like, say, for for instance, ayahuasca is not a fun drug. It is not something that is easy. It is not a party drug. It is not something that is nice. It is a very difficult journey within yourself that, you know, shouldn't be overlooked and, and whatever like it's a process like a lot of these things are and and again you know i think that's it's important to say like if that is something that interests you be aware of where you're doing it and who where it comes from you know where that it's it's not just something bought on the internet and it's not done in your home or like the intention you put into these ceremonies is very important the type of space and the type of you know area that's held you know, to make it a sacred space um, is very important. Um, and and they shouldn't be underestimated because they really are, you know, powerful, powerful substances. But then a, a lot of, you know, especially some of the nat- natural ones, they're, they're also really can be really beautiful experiences, really interesting experiences. Um, and I think that's also like what life's about is experiences, uh, you know, an accumulation of experiences and, and learning from from different experiences, seeing more and more and more of who we are, you know, who we are in each and every experience, each and every kind of now moment, um, because that's that's kind of you know at any moment you can decide to be someone different, at any moment you can choose to not be who you were yesterday or a minute ago or last year, um, and so it's this accumulation of now moments. That we are just now, this is who I am. And now this is who I am. And so, you know, that that kind of that kind of like where as we grow through life and as we explore different experiences, different, you know, speak to different people and and see different countries or, or put ourselves in uncomfortable positions and and you know, try new things, then we see and get to know ourselves a bit better and a bit deeper and a bit, you know, more by 
by these experiences, which is also really beautiful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that's a wonderful summary of both our perspectives on life because it, it mirrors very much in alignment with mine and a lot of people that are on this awakening journey or um I, and i would say it's a continual growth journey when we awaken i think the awakening process is the awareness of life is an experience and that we are the observers of our experience yeah um and then the power comes in when we embrace what I call the soul aspect of that, where we realize that our intention can actually guide our life experiences. Absolutely. And, you know, this is where you've experienced these wonderful synchronicities. Um, I've had the same thing where that I'll be meditating and living in something that I'm enjoying in that meditative space. And then putting an intention out and then literally a day later it's coming or even on the same day you meet someone that's thinking the very, very same thing talking about the same stuff and invites you to the very thing that you were just thinking about going to and it all happens so quickly and that's all down to vibrational frequency it's one of those things that um it deals with i suppose interpersonal relationships as well but um people can only relate to you on the the level of depth that they're willing to go to in themselves and yeah. at the frequency that you are currently at so um you've got someone that is willing to delve into their inner work talk so deeply about what they are working through they're being very humble and honest and open with what they know and what they don't know right they've taken their pride out of the way and they're just very raw um and that level of depth is often something that, say, you know, a very prego egotistical person that just cares about his status wouldn't ever be able to connect with and therefore wouldn't end up really relating to those kinds of people. And so I find that when we look at life being an experience, there are, we occupy the same space, but we all operate on different frequencies, like, like different sort of vibrational servers in a way. And yeah. those that are attracted to us or connect with us or those that have matched our frequency and we're vibrating in the same way. And this is where beautiful things can happen like you've had out there within the Red Sea. And this is where that we gain a ring of people all together doing a, I, I remember doing this in circuit development circle where we will hold hands and one of us will start pulsing an energy round. And you can feel that pulse zipping round and round and round and round. And then we all start projecting and feeling and loving a certain scenario. And then that has wonderful power. And this is the, 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 the beautiful healing of the human spirit. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's also, you know, those types of um, ceremonies where you have this, you know, this group putting their intention into a specific point, into a specific intention, it's so powerful because, you know, in, like personally, we can do that and that that in itself is incredibly powerful. But when you get like 20, 30, 50, you know, I've been in some, some groups um, in, I don't know if you know, Rainbow Gatherings, um, and, and there was one in 
uh, or the border of Slovenia and Italy, and there was like three concentric circles that were just like doing this massive om um, of like 1500 people that were just putting our intention into like peace and love for one another. It like, you know, you like, you, yeah, people just, you know, breaking down and crying because you, your whole body is just filled with literally the frequency of love. And uh, it's, and, and until something like that is like experienced, it's, it's like, it's a nice thought, but the fact like, but I guess for anyone listening, like it's a thing, it's out there uh, and it's a matter of, of belief and it's a matter of, you know, putting yourself in like an experience and, and like these frequencies, this like pure love frequency is a, a tangible thing. It's a physical thing. It's not just, you know, oh, an emotion that I'm feeling. It's a physical frequency that is is throughout the universe that if we tap into that we embrace that 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 feeling that embodiment of love and it's it's really special and really powerful and um yeah yeah beautifully said i'm with you exactly on that and it's my intention towards the future to rally as many beautiful souls like yourself together and to set up wonderful retreats where that we do these profoundly healing um, circles with each other and some deep cleansing work and some you know profound soul searching work all within like a wonderful retreat so it's it's something that i know is happening it's just something that my vibration is catching up to right um there's a there's a beautiful saying that everything that you feel with intensity and it feels real to you is already happening. All that's happening is that your worthiness to connect to that is catching up, right? So, um, so let's just say in in my case, right, this beautiful reality that I can I can touch it, I can taste it, I can feel it every day. It's in my meditations. I'm there, right. I can even see the beautiful faces of the people I'll be I'm working with as my soul tribe. I know they're there. But this moment of space I'm in now compared to where I'm where I'm going is a time for me to be working on the skill sets in order to be there, right? So it's like you're earning your access and this is the this is the one thing that a lot of people I, in my experience, don't tend to grasp when it comes to manifestations on bigger projects is that life has its own way. God, the eternal source, however you want to place it, has its own divine timing. And also the place that we are supposed to be in, that role within there. Quite often we have certain journeys that we need to do to, to put ourselves being worthy enough to participate in that specific role. And yeah. that's often the journey ahead. And it's been a... Uh, one thing I've noticed, it's just a reflection in the way that we've been talking, is that there's been a natural flow. And this is one thing that you'll notice with any, and again, people listening to this, uh, just want to emphasize, we like, before this time, we haven't really talked. It's been like 10 minutes of just quick catch up. 
there is a knowing between both of us that we both know what's going on. We both know where we're going. And it's almost as if I'll make a point and then you'll add to that point by going to a deeper level, adding exactly the type of thing that I feel, yeah, that's a brilliant point to add to it. And it just keeps flowing. I mean, that's that's how energy sure. and frequency should work. Yeah, I totally agree. And it was actually, um, it was really beautiful when you had mentioned like the divine time, you know, because in my head, I was thinking like, you know, we'll talk, you're talking about like time and that this, this moment in time exists. Um, and I was thinking like, totally. And then you're like this divine time outside of what we're used to. And I was like, ah, oh, totally, you know. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to, you know, to touch on that, the idea of that we perceive time in a kind of linear way. But if you're to, to actually delve into the, the physical manifestation of time, it's a lot deeper and more confusing than than you know this past present future um and i really like that that kind of name of the the, the divine time because it's this idea that you know i really believe that everything um every possibility everything that that is out there you know and that exists now in a form of now that we can't yet experience you know, so this idea of these retreats that is happening now somewhere in a place that you in time will experience in the now that it is being experienced, if that if that makes sense. So, it's you know, it's that's kind of and all of these different experiences exist. It It's a matter of where we put our energy and where. And that will help direct us or, or focus us towards that kind of experience, that experience that is happening now somewhere else. And so if we don't put our intention and don't put our energy into the right place, then we'll we'll get something we don't want and we'll end up in a now that we don't want to be in. <laughs> we want to be in a different now. And so that's, you know, in our heads where we're saying, ah, now's not good for me. I want to be over there. But if we put our intention into that's where you know and embody that feeling as though it's happening now for us and that you know this talks a lot into to manifestation and, and whatever else to really embody that i am living in abundance now for example and that as time progresses those frequencies will interlap and that's you know then that interlap will be that physical manifestation of that now period of abundance outside of just the feeling of abundance but in the actuality so when you're saying you know you're you're there in your meditations you're feeling that you're, you're seeing it you're tasting it you're seeing the people that exists yep. and you're just you're just on that kind of path to meeting up with that other frequency until they interrelate in the now that will be now then <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Well said. And one thing that I'm very aware of, it's something that I'm I'm coining state shifting, where that ultimately it's almost like if if every every existence or experience exists in its bubble of frequency. And in order to join that frequency, it's almost like that there is a frequency bouncer or boundary right and that 
as you go up to it, your frequency on many different areas, right? You know, the level of, if you, even if you just go down the line of the frequency of your chakra systems, right? Because each of those has a frequency. Each of those need to be in alignment, balanced, pulsing at a certain frequency, etc., to have the right lock and key combination to enter that experience for you to yeah. be in the state of aligning frequency with that experience. And that process of aligning and state shifting is often the process that as a coach, we help people with, you know, um, shifting your state, you know, bringing things down, I suppose, from the high peaks of spirituality and dimension and multiverse that we've been in, in manifestation, down to more someone that is simply wanting to stop feeling depressed and want to feel more successful or want to go keep consistently going to the gym. You're going from a place of feeling shit about yourself, feeling down upon yourself to shifting from say guilt and shame into something that's more courage, right? There's a state shift. Your, your vibrations going through a shift you're aligning with. And again, since as you correctly mentioned there, there are multiple versions of reality and yourself existing at all times. So there's the version of yourself within every waking moment that exists that's full of courage or full of bliss or full of pain. Whatever vibrational set you set yourself up, that is the experience you experience. And totally. as spiritual coaches, and I think that I, I, I think you'll agree with this that the work that both both of us would do in our own ways would be helping people go through that state shift. From yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think you know it all kind of comes back to to awareness, um, and uh, you know this this shift happens through different stages of awareness yeah. and that's what's really um nice to kind of have an external view on you know someone on the outside looking and and helping to kind of like help take you on a journey through different levels of awareness of yourself um so that those those understandings can be accessed so that those like feelings so that those energies can be unlocked you know and and it's really it's a process of um becoming more and more aware and as that awareness builds um you know it might start out with the the awareness of the feeling and then the awareness of the thought and then the awareness of of the vibration that's happening within and then you know and so it's it's this process of awareness um through going from you know angry and you don't even know what's happening but you're yelling to noticing that you're maybe shaking or you're tensed or that you've got this voice inside of you yelling your heart's racing your you know your your hit your hot like all these different vibrations all this different like energy happening and, and taking through that that process to learning how to become more aware of yourself in every aspect of what we call yourself the, the body the physical and the, the non-physical um so that you can go through life in this not action reaction kind of mode but action conscious action or conscious reaction what you choose to react mode and when you're in that kind of conscious state of reaction 
then you're the one in charge of your life. You're the one who's, you know, that, that free will exists for. You're the one who gets to decide whether or not you're going to listen to the voice and turn on the TV or you're going to do what might be a bit more uncomfortable and go for a run, you know, and you make that decision, not having that decision made for you. Um, and so that's where I think um, that that level of consciousness um, and awareness really comes into full power um, with a coach and with with help. Um, and that's what I love also seeing that that I like that light switch, you know, um, light bulb moment come because I was also in that place where I had someone help me and, you know, through their teachings, I was like, huh, I think there's another voice inside of me. There's that's, you know, and that, that opened a new door of awareness. And so it's, it's really cool being able to facilitate that kind of space for growth and, and self understanding, self actualization. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. That, that moment, like you said, to cultivate that transition point from, you know, reacting to responding. And that's that moment where you you can consciously choose, you know, even to a subtle thing like you mentioned, there's a moment that you sit down and the normal thing you do is reach for your remote control. That's you just reacting to the environment in the same way you have before. And like you mentioned there, you being able to gradually help someone to realize, well, that's just the autopilot here. You can choose differently. You can respond to that environmental cue an entirely different way and the the consistent actions and i i love the analogy to be real with people is that you know there's no magic waving of the wand it's taking consistent action to get you to at the state of being the way you are now and if that state of being isn't what you enjoy it's going to take consistent action to get you out at the other end as well you know we can't just suddenly do a, a, a quick session right? This is what's going on. Bang, sort you're fixed. You know, yeah. that doesn't work. You know, this is all, and I think it's the same with everyone. The power lies within us and within you listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast and that you have the likes of Ben here and myself and wonderful coaches of all different creeds that have their specializations to be able to help you specifically through your specific state shift and we're all healers in our own art that can help that transition period it may have taken you 20 years of conditioning to get yourself to this state if you're listening here and you're thinking god i have depression in certain stages or i have self-day or procrastination whatever it be it doesn't mean that it's going to take 20 years to get out if you have someone that has been through that process is wonderfully trained and intuitively gifted to help you to transition, you can cut that time down to a fifth or smaller. You know, you can have totally, profound we've changes. Done that. We've, we've done the time for you guys, you know? Yeah. I've, my journey's been 10 years and, and progressing with so much having done, like that can be passed on in, you know, a number of sessions. That's the beauty of of experiences that it doesn't need to be experienced every single thing down to the last second. You know, these experiences can be shared just like we've, we've been speaking for the last hour and a half on our entire life, where we are as people, you know, this whole kind of like process from 
from when we were kids and and up until now, those experiences have been shared in a fraction of the time that it's been lived. And that's what's beautiful about about you know that. Exactly, beautifully said again. That you know, it's just being able to for those listening to acknowledge that yes, it's going to take work. It's going to take consistency with a wonderful coach and healer that's as you said you can take a whole book and reduce it down into a paragraph or a statement you can do the same with learning and energy and the amount of transformation that can occur within a coach that's specifically honed to your specific state that you're in that you don't want to be in can be profound you know in matters of weeks sessions a few sessions down the line you can be an entirely different person and that's the power. I believe that's why we're both in this field. And it's a thing that, as much as I would love to continue talking as we are, because um, this conversation seems to have just been amazing. It's been beautiful. It's rolled completely smoothly. And yeah. it seems to me in the way that the conversation has flowed, this is the perfect time, really, in the way that we're talking, for me to round this background to your unique gift to the world because it's the one thing that I, I love to do within all of my um, interviews with beautiful souls is to go we've talked about your unique um, the fact that there's a unique gift that all of us have through all of our struggles trials tribulations everything we've learned everything that we've been through it's got like a a unique frequency that can help specific people and that's what I want to ask you, Ben. What what would you say your unique gift to the world is? Uh, I feel that something that t seems to come to me naturally now that I'm in my state of flow, now that I'm really living and embodying who I am, is the really like encouraging people to also kind of touch into that that state of flow. Um, and and feel connected with themselves based on me feeling connected with myself and i think you know it's that kind of idea of if someone's happy you know happiness is, is contagious or whatever or sadness is contagious and uh, so the way that i i am like even in society like i'm very different like i walk around everywhere barefoot and get you know a lot of looks and whatever else from people there and yeah, I've had I've tidied up recently, but I had a big beard and the, the long hair, and you know, so I definitely stood out. And I think having stood out and been really happy with that, and and really like comfortable and and conscious of it, if someone you know says something to have the 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 kind of like look back on seeing who they are as a person and that accepting them for who they are along their journey and not letting that affect me that i feel like has a real kind of contagious effect or seems to have a contagious effect on on other people um so i feel like that that seems to be my my gift or my superpower um however you you want to call it um and i think that possibly like that background comes from really completely and utterly smashing all my limiting beliefs and encouraging people to to do the same to see what happens when they challenge their their limiting beliefs or their beliefs in general to see what happens when they you know and it can literally be 
you know, there are so many beliefs that we don't even realize are a belief that we think are fact, you know, and it's like, oh, no, that's not a belief. That, that's fact. That's that's the way that life is, um, you know, uh, and I'll. I can't I can't think of a specific example at the moment, um, but, it, you know, the idea of like, oh, science tells me that that's that's fact, you know, challenge these things and, and see what happens to your life if if you completely open yourself up to everything being a possibility. And maybe there are facts and maybe there are truths and maybe there are, you know, real realities and whatever else. And maybe for you, it's something and for someone else, it's something else. And at the end of the day, whatever the overall truth is, maybe we'll never fully grasp that. But the more open you are to everything being a possibility, the everything being, you know, a a maybe, a could be, a whatever, it, it takes a lot of also pressure for it to be a specific way. But it also just opens you up to your potential it opens you up to to living a life that is is satisfying and fulfilling and happy for you because it doesn't matter there's no right way to live life there's no you know way that you need to go about thinking or acting or behaving in order for it to be right in order for you to be accepted or for you to be loved you are loved and accepted and and you being you the the uniqueness and the the individual person that you are the energy that you you portray that in itself is worth more than anyone could ever offer and that's the frequency that that the the world needs you know the frequency that you give off as you are that's the that's the frequency that that will heal the world you know everyone just being their own frequencies that one frequency that same kind of frequency manifesting in different forms that's what we that's what we need so definitely, definitely. Yeah. and i've just thinking over what you've said there and in terms of a little punch line that would like stand out into people's minds and I would summarize how you help people into a, a little phrase that you help people build awareness of how to become authentically present. Mm. That's what I would say you you do in terms if I was to paraphrase everything you said there. It's that. Nice. And for those people listening to this, if they love everything about your vibe they love your journey they're fascinated about you know how working with you can come about like what working with you would be like and how to get in contact with you how would they best contact you if they wanted to i'd i'd love for you guys to to reach out on facebook um can put my facebook details in the in the, the, the comments or i don't know how you do that but it's Ben Milston, uh, that's M-I-L-S-T-O-N. And uh, to just reach out to me on Facebook. I'm very friendly. I don't bite. I'd love to chat. Um, I'd love to help you. And, you know, even if it's just to to get on a friendly call and see how you're doing, you know, 
um, I'm more than happy to to chat and see where you're at. And yeah, would love that. Brilliant, brilliant. And yeah, exactly. There's going to be plenty of ways that we can get hold of Ben if you're wanting to. If, for example, you can't find Ben on um, Facebook for any reason, you can always reach out to me and I will get you in touch as well. So, um, and no doubt, Ben's going through his coaching business journey as well. And so there's going to be a lot more in the pipeline. And cool. I'm excited about hearing this as well and watching his journey advance, as will mine be. We're both going to be spiritual brothers going through this journey of uh, creating a wonderful, spiritually illuminating, awakening, authentic journey. Um, yeah. And it's almost like at the stage where I can actually feel that feeling of, right, okay, I'm going to have to round out this uh, <laughs> this podcast because I can know that we can keep talking for ages. But I always love to end on that scenario here of a wonderful guest yourself, how to get hold of you, what you do. And if you are there listening to this going, you know what, I would love a spiritual guru coach that can help build my awareness to how to be my most authentic present self you know you need to get through to Ben Milston. He's your guy. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. I really love getting to know you more. And like you said, you know, tribesmen, brothers, I really feel it, you know, definitely. Thank you so much for holding the space and allowing allowing this kind of talk to, to reach people. It's so important. And for, for that, you know, I'm grateful. I'm sure your listeners are grateful. Yeah. Much love. It's been beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, looking forward to putting this out here. Yeah. Until our next time. Until next time, we'll do another. Definitely, for sure. Well. Right. We'll round this one out, guys. It's been lovely recording it. And uh, until next time, bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening, but please remember that the content of this podcast is here for inspiration and education and does not qualify as professional advice. If you have any questions, please visit www.soulgrowthadventures.com. That said, I hope you've enjoyed our journey together. And to conclude, let's set an intention to love, respect, and empower ourselves and those around us. Adam Leonard, signing off.